And this is View the Valley's podcast, season three, episode four, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, uh, hey, we're here. <laughs> basketball Eve, college basketball Eve. We are here. Um, big day tomorrow, a lot of games going for each conference. Uh, just going to be a very exciting week. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be pay- going to be much much good to anybody at work, but uh, I mean, Monday, tomorrow night at what? 5 p.m., I think, is first game. I think 20 of the 22 teams are in action tomorrow. The other two are in action on Wednesday. Everybody taking the day off on Tuesday because of Election Day. So, yeah, we hit the ground running. What are your initial thoughts looking at the OVC slate tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, you know, looking at the OVC, a lot of – there's a lot of buy games. Um, I mean, on the slate, there's one, two, three, four, five, six – I mean, seven of the games just tomorrow, I, I think, is what you consider by games. Well, yeah, I mean, Moorhead State taking on Indiana, pick to win the league. Yep. Indiana is, and Moorhead State's pick to win the league. Eastern Illinois taking on Illinois, second in the Big Ten. And then you even look at Lindenwood, who's going to start their Division One life here, going to Dayton. Who's, who's ranked. Who's picked to win the A-10. Yep. A solid, I mean, when you, I think when you talk about the, the Power Five, Plus, they're one of those first two teams. I would say the A-10 is probably that first team that you think of. Oh, 100%. And, and the Big East. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the games tomorrow. Um, three of the teams are ranked that – or four, four of the teams are ranked. Uh, Tennessee and Tennessee Tech, Indiana, Moorhead, Dayton, Lindenwood, and then Illinois and Eastern. Um, so, obviously, those are bye games. But I do think there are a couple games within the slate uh, tomorrow that I think uh, – we could see teams in the OVC either cover cover the spread that's already been set um, for those that gamble out there, as well as I think there is a team that I think could pull a possible upset. Um, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, what are you seeing on the Missouri Valley side before we dive into it? Too Looking deep? at both sides, I think it's interesting how much different it is that I think 80% of the teams in the OVC are on the road. Like you said, getting a lot of those by games, power five schools, whereas only 50% are on the road in the MVC. And I think the ones that you kind of look to kind of gauge where your league is at, you look at Valpo at Toledo. Toledo's uh, picked to finish second in the MAC. Um, Ohio, fifth in the MAC, that they're going to Belmont. I think that would be an interesting game to kind of see yeah. where those two schools kind of weigh out. Obviously, Murray State at SLU, I think, is the the marquee game in day one. You know, we don't know what Murray State's going to be. They've had such a huge turnover. Steve Prome coming back home to Murray State to see, you know, to keep the legacy going. He doesn't have to – it's kind of weird that, hey, they've been really good for the last how many years, but oh, it's yeah. almost a rebuild because – your entire roster left all except one guy. And I couldn't tell you the last time Murray had a rebuild of a season. Right. And I think this is as close as we've seen in the last, what, 10 to 15 oh, years since sure. Coach Kennedy was there for sure. Probably even going back further than that. Yeah. And then I always love the crossover games between the MVC and the OVC and a little rock and SIU were playing in Carbondale tomorrow. And I, if I, I'm going off memory here, but I think that two years ago, SIU won at Little Rock, and last year, Little Rock won at Carbondale. I could be wrong on that. But I know that those games have been competitive over the years. So, you know, and I, I really like that matchup. I, You know, it's it's interesting. I do have my new favorite college nickname, though. Uh, is this a Division One? No. Division Two? No. 
Wow, you really were diving deep. Yeah, of course I was. The NAIA Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference has a school called Trinity Christian, and they're taking on Illinois-Chicago tomorrow in the opener. Do you know the mascot name or the the nickname, if that's what you want to go with, for Trinity College? Trinity College. (sighs) Do I get any kind of a hint here or... It is a mythical character. I'm out. No idea. The Trolls. Trinity Trolls, really? Yes, yes, sir. Wow. Unless that is a slick name. Unless Google set me on a really wild goose chase, but I was pretty sure on their, I was on their website at one point today. So, like I said, Murray State Slew is probably the marquee matchup, and then Little Rock SIU because of the crossover factor. So th- that's what really stands out to me uh, as we go into tomorrow's game. Um. Yeah, so I mean, do you have to work tomorrow night? Yes. Wow, that's 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 unfortunate for you. Yeah, Harris Stowe at SIUE. Man, I, I was picturing you having the four or five TVs tomorrow. Yeah, I mean there there might be another day for that Thursday with no work on on Friday for those uh, that are lucky enough to observe Veterans Day. It'll be a pretty good slate as well. <clears throat> so I, I tell you, I was going to try and go to the Slough and Murray game tomorrow, but not knowing what time I'm going to be getting off work mm-hmm. now that we're in our busy time uh i think i'm just gonna pull up shop here and flip on three four tvs and and watch uh watch all the games but yeah on the ovc side here you know you mentioned some of the games in missouri valley that really have caught your eye if if we're going to look at it from a spread standpoint uh you have uh, ut martin at pittsburgh uh pittsburgh's 11 and a half point favorites SEMO uh, at South Florida. South Florida is 10 point favorites. Southern Indiana at Missouri. Uh, I believe, if I saw correctly, it was around 19 points was the spread. Those are the three that I'm most interested in. Um, I know you'd mentioned Little Rock and Carbondale. I think that'll be one of the better ones, even though Carbondale is 17 point favorites. That's surprising. Which, I mean, I think. Yeah. But they're trying to get me to bet on Little Rock is what they want. But, but see, it doesn't matter because you live in Illinois, so you can't bet on it anyway. There, there are ways around it. There's, a, there's oh, ways around Oh, there's everything. ways, but... Probably ways around everything except Secret Service. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, you take away the bye games and uh, Tennessee State and SIUE playing non-Division one opponents. I think those three are the ones that stick out to me. I think a team that is going to give a team a run for their money and cover with ease, I think that's Southern Indiana. Southern Indiana returns really? a lot returns a lot of talent. Um, we spoke to, you know, Southern Indiana's head coach uh, a couple weeks back, but I think this is a this is a spot where if you're Missouri, um, I mean, Missouri's been in a stretch where you haven't exactly known what you're going to get from them um, year in year out now. They do have basically a whole new coaching staff this year. Um, Coach, uh, was it Dennis Gates? And friend of the show, Dickie Nutt. Yes. Is on his staff, so looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, So I think this is a a turning point for Mizzou basketball. they got a good coaching staff this year. They have gone out and made some good, good recruits. They've brought in some guys. But this is the first game of the season. 
and Southern Indiana is jumping at the bit to show what they can do at the Division One level. And with the talent that they brought back from last year's team at the Division Two level, uh, and the transfers that Coach Stan Gerard has brought in as well, I think it's going to be a good mix. Um, they're ready to go. And Mizzou, you know, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get as it's a new coaching staff. It's a new blend of players. You know, they're still going to be working out their kinks. But I think Missouri's obviously going to win, but I think Southern Indiana plays plays it a lot more competitive than what uh, some of the odds makers are displaying in a 19-point spread. See, I think the one that I would, if I were to bet, it'd be SEMO, South Florida. That seems like a big, bigger spread than I would have expected. Yeah, I, I think I think you make a good point there as well. Um, I think right now, well, Ken Palm has... South Florida is 11-point favorites, which is nearly identical to the spread. I think the spread's 11 and a half. Um, but SEMO, yeah, they they got a lot of transfers from Division One schools here coming into this year. They got a guy from Georgetown, two from Tulsa. Um, and then I forget where the other guy came from. But they do have one of their Netherland recruits or transfer in. Um, he has to sit out due to Division One eligibility, but Semo, I think they're gonna have they're gonna have their way in some of these games. I don't think they're gonna be necessarily picked to win a lot, but I think they're gonna be competitive. Um, and that's what you've seen under Coach Corn at Semo that they haven't exactly won some of those bigger games that have been on the schedule, but they've definitely competed, and that's what they were lacking. I think you know in previous years, but. The game that I'm most looking forward to is uh, UT Martin at Pittsburgh. Uh, that spreads new, about the same as SEMO in South Florida. Uh, it's about 11, 11 and a half. But this is a team that, you know, UT Martin gets one of their guys back that did go to Pittsburgh and, uh, and Stewart. So, you know, he's going to be ready to go visiting Pittsburgh again. And UT Martin, they're picked to win the league in a couple different, uh, couple, couple different uh, sports media um, organizations. And when we talked to Coach Ritter, you know that they've got a lot of guys this year, a lot of guys that returned back from last year that are used to playing with each other. And the the gelling was there in games last year. Yeah, they didn't live up to some of the expectations maybe the coaching staff had wanted, but I think this is a solid first game for the Skyhawks. Yeah, looking at the the spreads, I think Belmont is favored by six as they host Ohio tomorrow. I think that seems like a, a bit of a narrow spread. I think I'd pick Belmont to to cover that pretty easily. And then I think that uh, Indiana State is a 17.5-point favorite hosting Green Bay. Because Green Bay, I guess, is uh, haven't looked much at the Horizon League, but I know they're picked to finish 10th in that league, so that kind of jumps out at me as well. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right with the Belmont and Ohio game. Um, and when we talked to Coach Alexander uh, a couple weeks back, we had mentioned that, yeah, they don't have a lot of those those big-name games on their schedule, but they do have a nice fluid schedule of mid-majors that have had solid solid seasons. And I think this is a game where, yeah, Belmont six-point favorites, but I think it's a game where they could win by double digits. Um they're, I think they are the better team, but Ohio is no team to uh, slouch on either. 
But going back to what you were saying a minute ago about SEMO being your game that you would have bet on. Yeah, it was. They have two guys from Tulsa, one from Georgetown, and what was the other one? Uh, Aquan Smart uh, from Florida International, and he's actually projected to be in the Red Hawks starting lineup tomorrow. Uh, their starting lineup was picked to have Philip Russell, Smart, uh, Chris Harris, uh, Nate Johnson, who returns from last year, who was injured most of the year, as well as Kobe Clark, uh, St. Louis native, who went to Georgetown. Um, but this is, a, this is a team that is a lot more deep, I think, compared to the last couple years. Uh, last year, Simo did have a nice blend of a starting five with one or two off the bench. But now you have guys like uh, Josh Early and Gavin Ekmill, um, both both from Tulsa, um, and even Josh Mitchell, who transferred in from nor- Northeast Mississippi Community College. Um, but that is a nice place to start, though, if you're a college team. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting out of... I mean, yeah, we've had nice weather here in the St. Louis area, but, I mean, you're going to Florida to start the season. So, I mean, you can't uh, you can't complain about that. Sure you can. What? <laughs> you can complain about it? You know one of my favorite facts about South Florida? Let's hear it. It's further north than Central Florida. Is it really? I, I am almost 100% certain. Like, I bet your house kind of money on it. Not my house, your house. Okay. I'm not going to do that, but but I do think we could make a side bet right now. Okay. So we did this last year and honestly I can't even remember if we even if anybody paid up or if we even I don't even think we kept track. Yeah. I don't even know what bet you're talking about, so I know we didn't bet on it. Dude. The the crossover games. Oh, okay. Uh whichever team from each conference has the most or whichever conference has the most wins and crossover, um, the other person has to pay up. What are we paying up? Well, I mean, like when well, we when we go out, well, like see, we we both alternate on who picks up the tab. Yeah, but see, are those kinds of friends. Yeah, but see, I already know what you're gonna you're gonna be like. Oh, how about a nice meal at Show Me? So that'd be what you would. We're pick. gonna have to drive to Terre Haute for that, or West St. Louis. Ooh, I mean, I'm all, right. I'm all for that. Well, yeah, we may we may have to find something else. How about you hit the mute um, button on your computer I know, up there? It's, thought I did. Sorry to our listeners. We do not have new advertisers. We unfortunately do not. But Chris wants to keep running the ads on a major sports network with may or may not have three, four in sequential letters. In sequential, unsequential, yeah, non-sequential. I, there we go. I swear I hit that mute button. But yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to drive to Indiana for you for that unless we're going. On we a- should we should know the difference in the we should have it settled up by then. By the time league play starts. That is true. Maybe we'll, uh, yeah, if I, if I lose, we'll just be on that trip if we go. It don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're putting it on the board now. MVC versus OVC wins and losses. The league that wins the most. If MVC wins the most, you buy. OVC wins the most, I buy. Yeah, but mine wouldn't be show me's. We're not going to like Ruth Chris Steakhouse either, so don't get- Why not? We're going to have to put some odds on it then. <laughs> That's fair. I think the odds would be, I mean, honestly, if you're setting odds, how many, like you said, X league has to have this many more wins than the other league in order to 
pay up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying like if you want to go to a nice, nice restaurant like that, then the Missouri Valley would have to have beat the OVC by like 10 games. Yeah. Or won like 80% For examples, of the. Yeah. Okay. Like you what know, would you put the odds on? Uh, the Missouri Valley would have to win 75% of. 75%. You are out of your gourd. <laughs> Hey, I gotta, I gotta work with something here. <laughs> yeah, that's when I was like, "Yep, thanks, but no thanks." So the Missouri Valley's favored in most of the games, so I gotta seventy-five <laughs> percent ain't a bad number. That's think, that's like we'll one just, of your. games. I think we'll just go straight up. That's like one of your games tomorrow, Southern Illinois and Little Rock, seventeen-point favorites, Southern Illinois. That's a game Carbondale and on paper should win. Mm-hmm. So that would go towards yeah, your seventy-five percent. Illinois State Eastern, though, come Thursday, not as much. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I would say I don't even know where to start. Okay, um, looking at the the rest of the slate for the week in the OVC, uh, Wednesday, November 9th, just one game. UT Martin at Youngstown State. I think we'll that's going to be a game that we'll I think we'll get to see what UT Martin is actually about. Yeah, yeah, the, they could see it with Pittsburgh, but Youngstown State obviously more on the same level as. Yep. The Skyhawks compared to Pittsburgh. Uh, looking at Thursday, November 10th, really not much to write home about. Um, just the crossover game you had mentioned. Every other team in the OVC is playing a non-Division One opponent outside of Illinois State and EIU. Uh, but then you look at Saturday, November 12th. You got Tennessee State playing host to South Carolina State, SIUE, at Purdue Fort Wayne. I'm looking forward to that game. The Mastodons are picked to win the Horizon League. I think they, they're correct. actually they're tied for first. I forget the other school, but I mean, and Purdue Fort Wayne, I I don't know how you get there from. I mean, I've been to Fort Wayne, but that's one of those trips. It's like it's almost too long for a bus ride, but I don't know if they're. How long is it? For To, to put your basketball team on a bus ride, I mean, it. I mean, you're darn near Toledo. Oh. By the time you go through there, it's got to be every bit of six hours. Mm, like it's just like, and I, I love the state of Indiana, but that drive from Indiana, from Indianapolis to Fort Wayne is a long drive. Just nothing there. Yeah. It's just mile marker after mile marker. <laughs> is it worse than going from like here to Kansas or Kansas? Do you want to cross Kansas? No, no, no. Because going from here to like Colorado, once you get to Kansas, so it's eye gouging. My my favorite thing about driving through Kansas is when you get to the state line of Colorado and people are have stopped on the interstate and are taking pictures in front of the Welcome to Colorado sign. And if you've never been there, eastern Colorado is just more of western Kansas. <laughs> like you just like, oh, that's great. You could have taken that picture anywhere. <laughs> like, I thought you went to Colorado. Yeah, here's our picture. Like there's nothing there except for grassy grassy knolls <laughs> so yeah but i looked at thursday i think that you know illinois state at eastern's the only big game there and then looking at saturday again bellarmine who's been strong since they've transitioned yes. in division one yep. um mid-pack of the a sun this year taking going to moorhead state i think that would be uh an interesting game to look at as well i think you know you obviously look at the odds more than i do but i think that's a game where you moorhead state's favored Unless yes. I'm sadly mistaking. And then moving into Sunday, 
that Eastern Illinois goes to Central Michigan. I think that's a good game for Eastern Illinois. Central Michigan yeah. picked to finish 10th in the MAC. Yeah, that's what I noticed as I went through both leagues here that there are a ton of games against the MAC. You know, so it seems to be you know pretty uh, similar uh, goals in mind here. And then Lindenwood at Mizzou. You know, that's 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 a nice game for Lindenwood to get close to home. Mizzou, it's not too far to to have a team come in and you know probably write a, a decent check for that as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, but you you look at the Mizzou and Lindenwood and Mizzou and Southern Indiana. You know, both teams making their first year at Division One. Um, obviously, Lindenwood has less of a travel to get to Columbia, Missouri. But if you're comparing Southern Indiana and Lindenwood, I 100% believe Southern Indiana gives Missouri a better run for their money than Lindenwood. I think just the returning roster the two have, I think Southern yeah. Indiana is more, more, in, more depth, more experienced. And... No, I mean it's nothing against Lindenwood, but you know you're going to Division One now. Um, I, I just think Southern Indiana's gonna be more prepared for a bye game at this point than Missouri or uh, Lindenwood would be. Right. Look at on the the MVC side after we get through Monday, you go to to Wednesday and then uh, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indi- Indianapolis t- goes to Drake. I think that's a game that Drake should win and should be ahead of. Thursday. Did I, did you say IUPUI? Yes. Indiana University, Purdue University. Yeah, uh, you see, I don't look at it. I look at it as UEPUI. UEPUI. UEPUI, yeah. because they're bad. The Jaguars. I mean, the, the, TJ, there's no way Drake should not win that game by at least 45 plus. What's their Ken Palm? Aren't they one of the, like, UE, in the 300s? Oh, it's not that you're, they're just in the 300s. They're one of the. They're in the three fifties. Okay, um, I'll get you that exact number here just okay. in a minute. But then Thursday, to me, as a SIU uh, alum, the big game on Thursday is they're playing at Oklahoma State, who's picked to finish fifth in the Big Ten. And then Friday, you know, a, a, a solid slate. I think Northern Iowa goes to Richmond. Loyola, you know, who just left the league, obviously fourth, picked fourth in the A ten. We'll play at Illinois-Chicago. I think that's a good game for Illinois-Chicago. Belmont at Furman, who's picked to win the Southern Conference. And then uh, Bradley at Utah State. And Utah State's picked eighth in the Mountain West. But you know, I think overall that's probably the best uh, slate of games. So what do you got on our friends at Uwe Pooey? So the friends aren't going to like it. I was wrong about 350s they are indeed 363 which is dead last i see i thought they might be there dead last 363 there are teams making their first year at the division one level that are way ahead uh for example linwood is 347 um uh yeah there's a couple others that can't quite seem to put a put a finger on it at the moment but yeah, three sixty three TJ. That's I would imagine not good. That recruiting at Uwe Pui is really tough. There was a stretch last year where I think they had six guys. You're in town with Butler. University of Indianapolis has had a solid Division two program. So I mean, you're looking if you're a kid from the Indianapolis area, do I go to Uwe Pui, who's going to have a rough go of it in Division one, or? Do I have a chance to win my league year in and year out at the University of Indianapolis? 
even though I, it's Division Two. I think you got to go Division Two. I mean, yeah, you, you're getting some maybe. Well, I don't even know if you're getting many nice, uh, nicer arenas or fan experience when you're on the road because even a Power Five team they don't want to play UEPU. That doesn't really benefit them at all, right? I mean, it, yeah, this is outside of MVC and OVC, but here's what we got for UEPU's schedule: Iowa State, mm-hmm. Drake, Chicago State, Franklin. Denver, New Orleans, the Citadel, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Spalding, Eastern Illinois, Southern Indiana, and Texas A&M Commerce. The rest is the Horizon League schedule. Looking at that non-conference schedule, their best two games are Ranking-wise is the first two, Iowa State and Drake. Past that, it's like a ranking of just ballparking a number here, over 300. Which makes sense. I mean, if you're if you're UEPUE, their adjusted efficiency on offense ranks dead last at 80.9 per Ken Palm. And that's, that's where a lot of these efficiencies, when you're looking at the numbers on Ken Palm, the the adjusted efficiency on offense and defense is is pretty uh is pretty big when it comes to breaking down numbers on here. But I think if you're that if you have that kind of a team, I don't how do you how do you get more players to go to a school like that? Like do you have to leave the division one ranks? Or? I think that means all your programs do. Because I think the rule is if one school's D one one team's D one, all teams are D one. I may be wrong in, in that thought process, but I, I feel like I've heard that. I mean, looking at their their team their team from last year, they only had one win against a Division One team, and that was Robert Morris. They beat him sixty six fifty six. All the rest were well. They beat Spalding and East West. But I think we should go December 17th, Eastern Illinois at Uwe Pui. Indiana Farmers Coliseum at the Indiana, Indiana Fairgrounds. Sorry, December 17th. Mm-hmm. We may be two of the only 15 people there. Even better. <laughs> Sit front row. We'll pick one kid on Uwe Pui's team and we will just cheer our heads off for that kid every time he gets in every time he scores. makes an assist just stand up start yelling yep. mm-hmm. and then, who are those dudes? Then for the rest, of, the rest of his life's like i don't know who those guys were but they were my biggest fans <laughs> nobody else says a word in the arena eastern illinois probably traveling with their select few fan base that goes mm-hmm. on the road there because it's a game they know they should win but and it's it's it can't be that far of a drive from charles it's not Two hours? I'd say give or take. I, th- I think that's a good number. Okay. Well, getting off getting off that track of Huey Pewey. Um, looking more along the lines of the rest of the season and the MVC-OVC, which team... Now, if you need, if you need a couple seconds, minute to spew on this question, I'll give it to you. 
Which team in the Missouri Valley do you think has the chance to pull the most upsets? Now, that's not saying, well, I think, like, not within the league, just non-conference play. Right. All right, TJ, your couple seconds are up. I'm going to go with University of Evansville. Uh, I like the energy that Coach Raglan brings to the table from what I've seen of him so far. Obviously, we know Coach Wilson is going to have some great stories to tell no matter what happens. I think that guy has to be a fantastic recruiter. But then looking at their schedule and games, I think it will be easy to sleep on Evansville given their performance the last three years or so. But then you look – are they going to be favored against Miami, Ohio? I, I don't. You could look, you would know better than I would, but I don't think so because they can't. Can they pull off a game there against SLU? They host SEMO. They go to uh, SMU. Go to Central Florida. I think those are all games where they're not necessarily going to be picked to win. You know, but they could. They'd have a chance. And even like a school like Bellarmine, I think looking at it off the top, when they play, it's going to be late December, but there's a chance. Bellarmine comes, I mean, from Louisville to Evansville, but I think there's a chance that Bellarmine's picked to win and they can win that game. I, I just, the guy, I think their coaching staff, what I know of them and the interactions I've had with, like I said, Coach Raglan and Coach Wilson, they're high energy guys. And it's not to say other coaches aren't, but I think it's it's easy for a young person to buy into what that they're selling. Guys have had success and to really build from there. You know, I think if they can get some steamroll in the preseason with those games that they should be competitive in and then maybe win a game or two that they aren't necessarily thought to, to win, I think they could make a huge change for them and really be somebody to, to keep your eye on completely. I'm not saying they're going to win the MVC, but I think they have the best chance to finish higher than where they're picked right now because of those changes. So <clears throat> I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, th- I feel like that was kind of your question. Like, what's the, what's the sleeper team yes. in the league? So do you yeah, have right. a sleeper pick I don't, the OVC? I don't know if you would consider it sleeper um, just because I think it, it's just matching up with some of the non-conference teams. Because There's two teams I have in mind here when it comes to sleeper, if you will. Uh, but then once conference play starts, I think there's, there's games they – obviously can lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first one I wanted to touch on was Tennessee State. Um, I think they should get a nice nice amount of wins in league play this year, but I think it's important when you look at their out-of-conference schedule. And I think I mentioned this on one of the previous episodes. Their toughest game is St. Louis SLU. Um, I doubt they win that game. I, I don't see that happening at all. Now, past that, they should beat South Carolina State. They should beat Alabama A&M. They should beat Cal State Northridge. And they should beat Charleston Southern. Now, you look at the rest of their non-conference play, I think a game at Austin P is within is a very winnable game. Uh, they're used to traveling to Clarksville. Um with Austin P being in the OVC in previous years for a while. Um, Carbondale, going to be a tough one for the Tigers. 
but they're also picked to lose against Lipscomb. But that is a home game for Tennessee State, and it is a crosstown rivalry. Mm-hmm. I think that is a game Tennessee State could easily win. Um, so I think they could pull what some would say an upset against Lipscomb. I think they could pull an upset against Austin P. Um, so you look at that. They basically run the table in their non-conference schedule, which could easily be a sleeper, if you will. I mean, they're not picked to win. But I think if they're able to stay healthy, they should be able to rattle off a good chunk of wins in conference play. But I think they do have some trouble with SIUE. SEMO's going to be big this year um, size-wise. And uh, Moorhead State, I'm really not sure what you're going to get. Um, I'll, I'll talk about them here in a little bit, um, as well as Tennessee Martin. Those, I think, are teams Tennessee State could struggle with. Um, but I think one of the areas where Tennessee State does have some, it's good and bad. Um, I'm not big on teams playing non-Division One teams, but I get it. You got to get a buy game here and there for schools like that. But it seems excessive in this case. Oh, this is by far excessive. You look at Tennessee State, they play Fisk, Carver, Boyce, Brian, and another non-Division One Russia. opponent. Yes. Um so they have five five games against non-Division One talent. Now, a positive there, yes, it allows you, or it should allow you to get a lot of your bench players in. See what they're see what they're made of. See what see what the whole roster can basically do in games like that. Who gels better with who? Um, it should allow you to rest some of your better players. Like you go to Cal State Northridge. And then you play Carver before you go to SLU. Okay, you should be able to rest some of your starting lineup in that game to get them ready for SLU. You know, so I think it is good when it comes to that part when you're trying to look at your whole roster. But does that prepare you for conference play? I mean, outside of getting your bench players in, I don't think it really prepares you. I think you also have to get some dubs. I think if... There's something to be said about building up a tough schedule. But I think if you have too many games where you're not competitive, your kids become numb to losing. And I, th- I think that's... But five? Five of them? I mean, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. But I think you've got to get some dubs in there, because especially if you're not... <clears throat> when you're projected that you're not going to have a, a strong conference season. You know, I think especially building into that, like maybe if they those. So you're looking they, at a morale standpoint. Yeah, if you get those five wins, you know, hey, we're playing play, playing with your head up a little bit. You know, you go in with two two wins before league play starts. Yeah, what are we doing? Because they've already seen where they're picked to finish in the league. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, looking at Semo, the other team wanted to touch on real quick. We already mentioned South Florida. Um, not looking at the two games SEMO has in Lyon or William Woods, the two games against non-Division one talent. Uh, they play Evansville, which Ken Palm has them picked to, pick to lose by one point at Evansville. I think that's a game SEMO could win. Um, I think SEMO's going to be a lot better than last year. So let's look at SEMO beating Evansville. They get a win there. 
Uh, Bradley, it's going to be a tough game for the Red Hawks. Let's look at that as a loss. Then you look at their their MTE up in Milwaukee. I think this is a good this is a good batch of games that Semo could do well. Boston University, I think that's a game Semo could win. It that's a 50-50 game. Um, Semo playing Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee is at home. Don't care. That's a game Semo could win. I think that's more than a 50-50 game that favors Semo. UC Davis is the toughest one in that MTE. Let's say Semo loses that to UC Davis. So now you have a win against Evansville, Boston University, Milwaukee. And then they do catch Purdue Fort Wayne at home. Mm-hmm. Now that's going to be a tough one. As right. you mentioned, they are picked to win the horizon, uh, but they are at home. Simo's going to have to do a lot of good, a lot of things right in order to win that. Um, and Simo, I think only has one or two home games prior to that. And yeah, they have two home games prior to that. And it's both against non-division one talent. Um, so we'll say Simo loses that, but again, that's a game I think Simo could win. Um, Arkansas state going to be a little bit more tough on the road. Um, Carbondale, big rivalry game for Simo and SIU. I don't see Simo winning that game. Um, I, I think they have a, I think they have a shot at Arkansas state. think they have a shot. Yeah. I think they're finished. They're picked to finish like bottom Bottom of the third of the the Sun Belt, twelfth out of fourteen. So, you know, I think I think that's a game they can win. So I, I think it's important when you look at it. Yeah, they don't have I don't think it's a real tough strength of schedule, but they do have three solid teams on there in South Florida, Missouri, and Iowa. Yeah, I obviously don't see them beating Missouri or Iowa. But outside of that, they should do better than what I think some are projecting in their non conference play. And a lot of that goes to that unknown. They have a lot of new guys coming over. How are they going to gel together? Um, their adjusted tempo is ranked 18th, so that's pretty good. Um, but outside of that, um, I think SEMO and Tennessee State have the best chance to, I think, rattle off a good chunk of wins um, against teams that maybe it's 50-50. All right. You put me on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. Great. Looking at this first week of games, okay, what game scares you the most from the perspective of they may not win this game or they may get their doors blown off and people are like, yeah, they're not who we thought they were going to be. Well, now is this a is this a team that should be favored or just a I think team it can that go either be- way? Okay, like if you're expecting like this team should be competitive, in my mind, most people think it should be a competitive game, but they get their doors blown off. Then we're kind of, ugh, what are they doing? Or a game, you should win this against this National Christian College Athletic Association team, and you just drop the ball, which mm. won't happen, but still. I, th- I don't want to say UT Martin, but I think it. I think I think it's UT Martin, um, just based off their two first games are Pittsburgh and Youngstown State. Um I don't think they should get blown out in either of those. I think they have more than enough talent to be competitive and to take the games down to the wire. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh's a power five team, but I don't think Pittsburgh's one of the best power five teams that are out there. I don't think they'll be in the top half of the ACC. I think they'll be towards the bottom, 
but that's not that's not saying that Pittsburgh's not a good mm-hmm. opponent to have on the schedule for UT Martin. I just think that that's a team that UT Martin should be able to compete with, especially with the starting lineup that the Skyhawks are projected to have this year, or in my opinion, should have this year. Um, so I think UT Martin is one because I think if if they go out in non conference play and they just get shelled, I, I in my opinion, I think it it hurts the OVC in a way. Mm-hmm. Just you've already lost a couple teams from previous years, and I think UT Martin's a team this year that should be near the top, and that's one of the teams you're going to be looking looking at to make some strides in non conference play to help the league. Uh, outside of them, uh, I really don't know what what a, a team would be. I mean, I guess maybe you could say Moorhead State. I mean, yeah, they're playing Indiana. Not, not picked to win and shouldn't be picked to win against Indiana. But I think a good a good opponent would be Bellarmine, and you mentioned that earlier. That's a good testing point to see where Moorhead State stands because, again, I am intrigued to see how Moorhead State's going to fare this year without Jani Broom. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a big, big selling point for their offense and defense last year. And when when Moorhead State would go into games, whether they were picked to, picked to lose by one, two, or three, or maybe ten, you knew you had you knew you had Broom out there who had the ability to put the team on his back and keep them in the game. Yes, free throw shooting wasn't great, but he had the ability to make game changing plays to keep you in the game, whether it was on offense or even block shots on defense. Um, so I think Moorhead State. I think that game against Bellarmine. Uh, I think that's that's a good. I don't want to say selling point, but it's a good. Uh, it's a good opponent to see where Moorhead State's going to stand and what they're going to be able to do offensively. Because, yeah, now was Broom their whole whole offense or defense? Like, no, they had other guys too, but Broom was the go-to. Right. So I think those are the two that, that I look at early on. Now, last year, Moorhead State had a brutal non-conference schedule, and they also have a somewhat of a brutal one this year too. But even though they had a brutal one last year, I mean, they – they were still good mm-hmm. the whole year. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I, those are always kind of the games like maybe if you don't, I think, I think of the ones that like you really don't pay attention <clears> to, but then someone from the outside sees it or uh, a more casual fan of your league. It's like, well, how'd they lose to them? Like, I think looking at on the MVC side, you're looking at Belmont Furman. That sure, that could be a tight game. Furman could win. They're at their place. And someone outside would be like, well, Belmont's not as good as they used to be. Like, no, you're playing against a team that's probably going to play in the NCAA tournament. You know, I also think that you have games like reputation-wise that if Northern Iowa falls at Richmond, Northern sure. Iowa's finished, picked to finish fifth, whereas Richmond's seventh in the A-10. You know, I think that's a game where Northern Iowa, I, I would like to see them win that game. But if they, you know, all of a sudden lose by 15, 20 points, people are going like, what's wrong with Northern Iowa? Like, well, Rich... Richmond's a pretty solid program, even though they're they're picked to finish seventh. And I even think for Ball State, Indiana State on Saturday, I think Ball State will probably be picked to win that game. I don't know off the top of my head, but I that's a game too that I think people that if Indiana State can win that game, be competitive in that game, that does a lot to keep their program trending in the right direction. 
looking at Moorhead State's schedule, you know, at Indiana, this is a no order, at Indiana, at West Virginia, at Vanderbilt. We'll even throw at Marshall in there. Those are four very solid opponents. Three that are in the Power Five that uh, Moorhead State, you know, that's the one thing Coach um, Spradlin has done at Moorhead State. He he puts a grueling non-conference schedule out there, and I love it because then it helps prepare you for conference play. But the one area you hope is that that playing against teams like that, I mean, as you said, you do need to have some of those games on the schedule that help get you those wins. Now, maybe that's Kentucky State, uh, Kentucky Christian, or CU. Campbellsville University. Harrodsburg Pioneers. So, TJ, you can lie to me if you want, since I'm going to ask you this, but I'm going to be honest. I've never heard of that school. No, I hadn't heard of it either. Okay. Um, or, or you know, schools like that. So, I mean, obviously, that's three wins that Moorhead State should get. But games against Indiana, West Virginia, and Vanderbilt should help prepare you for not only OVC play, but I think uh, solid mid-major teams in the past, like even East Tennessee State, that's a home game for, for the Eagles or a road game at Georgia Southern. Um, You know, just games like that. Uh, You just got to hope that, you know, I don't want to say injuries, but you just got to make sure that you don't have anybody that's not healthy when you go into games like that. But other than that, TJ, I really don't have anything else on uh, on the OVC side here for the first week. Um, you got anything to add for the Missouri Valley? No, I just one more sleep, one more sleep. Uh, and I've, I told you already, I'm going to be taking, I think notes through every single game I'm able to watch. Um, just so we can touch on a lot, uh, come, come next week. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited TJ. I know you are. So, uh, with that, I, I don't have anything else to add. Just looking forward to it. I think I saw John Rothstein tweet earlier, 24, 25 yep. hours till college. No, basketball. he was going through it every hour, every hour, yep. every hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just going to retweet it every time. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, that wraps up season four here on or season three, episode four here on view of the valleys for TJ Hoover. I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week as we, as we recap the opening week in college basketball as the opening tip is set for Monday, November 7th. Should be an exciting week. We look look forward to having you back on Episode 5 next week. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, at View Valley's Pod, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>